Hey guys, it's Katie and welcome back to the Miss Independent Podcast. I'm here with my good pal, Nika. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Miss Independent Podcast. We're so excited to have you back here and to be chatting with you guys one-on-one again. We've had a ton of really cool guests on, David Greenberg, Ryan Kia, um, Julian Brass, just to name a few. Go back and listen to those episodes. Honestly, there's some incredible conversations, but today we're going to be talking to you guys old school how we've done some of our past episodes and we're going to get into a really important topic, which is dividend investing and how you can earn $50,000 in passive income annually from your dividends. So just to recap, For all of you who may not remember exactly what dividends are, dividends are a portion of a company's profits that they pay out to their shareholders. So the way I like to think about dividends, it's the company's way of saying thank you for owning a piece of our company. Now, before we get into this, it's important to note that not all companies pay out a dividend. Typically more established companies, blue chip stocks with a history of reoccurring and reliable income pay dividends. Companies that don't pay a dividend are typically considered growth stocks. And these companies are usually in the tech space or newer companies. And the only way to make money off of these companies is through capital appreciation or making a profit. So like Tesla, for example, skyrocketed over the past few years, but it ha- it doesn't pay a dividend. Usually companies that are mature, that have earned a certain amount of status, and some people say they're too big to fail. We, we'll talk about that a little bit, but companies that are established in their space will pay out a portion of their profits to their shareholders. And if you're curious whether a stock pays a dividend, it's pretty easy to check it out. Honestly, Katie and I just use Yahoo Finance. That's our favorite platform. We love their app to do any type of stock analysis that we do. But uh, TMX Money is another really easy one um, that I know Katie loves. And you can go on there and it will tell you what the dividend yield is. So why would you want to invest in dividends? Well, there's there's a couple of different things that we'll talk about. But the first thing is returns. So dividends are large cap companies that are a pretty big part of the stock market. And if you were to look at the S&P 500 index over the last 50 years, dividends accounted for 80% of the total return of the S&P. One of the reasons I love to personally invest in dividends is because you're always being rewarded for your time in the market by giving you a steady cash flow every month or every quarter, even during a market crash, assuming the company has not cut their dividends. So you will still be paid to wait until the market regulates or picks back up again. Another reason why I love investing in dividends and what I think is really important is to keep in mind that a lot lot of us won't have pensions or great pensions by the time we are ready to retire. So if you invest smart now and by investing in dividend paying stocks, the goal is to be able to live comfortably off your dividends or at least have enough in dividends to help pay for most of your expenses especially if you're somebody who wants to achieve FIRE, which is a concept we talked about, just financial independence, retiring early, where you're paying off of your stock, you're living off of your stock portfolio. So dividend stocks are a great way to do that and get some passive income. So a lot of you may be asking yourselves, like, what should you be looking for when you want to invest in dividend paying stocks? And even though um, dividend yields are a great metric to use, they're not always very useful or accurate due to the fact that stock prices of companies change multiple times per day, meaning the dividend yields are constantly changing with the stock price. Another thing to keep in mind is companies can always cut their dividends if the economy crashes. 
or for whatever reason. So when looking to value a dividend paying stock, it's so important to look at the stock as if it weren't paying dividends at all. It's always important to look at a company's fundamentals. And I know right now this sounds a little bit stupid due to the fact that nothing is trading these days based on fundamentals, but I promise you the people trading these meme stocks or just trading because of the hype are going to get really burned one day if they haven't already, while you'll be able to sleep at night knowing you made a decision to purchase based on logic and fundamentals. So anyways, what I was saying is you need to look at a company's financial statement. And when looking at a company's financial statements, the first thing I like to do is to take a look at their balance sheet or their statement of financial position and look to see if the company has enough assets on hand or cash to cover their debt. That's really important. The next thing I like to do when like looking at a stock to see if it's a good investment is to look for the company's net profit and assess whether or not the company's profit has been increasing or decreasing over the last few years. And lastly, I like to look at a company's payout ratio. So the payout ratio tells you how much of a company's profit they pay out as dividends. For example, let's say that Katie's Wine Co. has a payout ratio of 40%. That means that 40% of Katie's Wine Co. profit is paid out as dividends to its shareholders, whereas the remaining 60% of the company's profit gets reinvested into the company's business and for its growth. So we'll definitely do a full episode on how we do financial analysis when we pick stocks, but a good rule of thumb is to do research on the company and understand the position they're in. You can see if they're going into new markets, you can see where they're actually generating their cash from. So if we look at Pfizer, which is a huge um, vaccination company, I mean, everybody knows who Pfizer is right now. They actually pay a dividend. And I don't know if you've been keeping up with the news, but now Pfizer is doing a third round of the vaccine. They've sold millions of units of their vaccines. And I know it's just one of their products. They also have Advil and some of these huge pharmaceutical brands. So that's something that you can look at. Pfizer is a company that is huge. They're, they're a dominant market player. There are other companies like Moderna, Johnson & Johnson that also make vaccines, but Pfizer is an established company. They've got a ton of cash coming in. Now they're introducing this third round of the vaccine. So they're going to be generating more cash to cover their debt. I haven't looked at their financial statements in a while, but I'm just walking you through that process. And when I say look at these financial statements, it's it's not as complicated as people think it is. When you look at a company's assets or cash or liabilities, it's clearly stated on the financial statements. And by doing a quick Google, it's easy to figure out what these financial statements are telling you. But as Nika said, we will get into that more in debt, in debt, in depth. Another thing that I think is really important while looking at dividend paying stocks is to look at the dividends that the companies are paying over the past few years. Have they been increasing? Have they been staying stagnant? Have they been decreasing? And at what rate? I think this is really important because when you are looking to invest in a dividend paying stock, Obviously, we want the dividends to keep going up and up and up each year so we continue to make a greater profit on our dividend or passive income. 
And another thing that's really important, if you look at like why you'd want to invest in a dividend, there's three main reasons. The first is that it protects you against inflation. We know inflation's 2%, 2.5%. It's going to go up. We, we know the state of the economy right now. Everybody is talking about how you know the government is just printing money and inflation is going to go up. So investing in a dividend paying stock, although its capital appreciation is still going up, you're not necessarily the strategy here isn't to take advantage of the capital appreciation. It's to take the dividend when it comes in. And let's say you're investing in your TFSA or RSP. The dividend gets paid out as cash into that account, and then you can reinvest it. So if the dividend is 5%, inflation is 2%, you're beating inflation. The returns on dividend paying stocks, we talked about it briefly, how you know, 80% of the S&P 500 has dividend paying stocks, they, they make up a huge portion of that. Over the last 30 years, a dividend-based strategy would have outperformed an index fund-based strategy, which is kind of crazy to think about, especially when Katie and I talk about index funds and how that's a really safe approach. And Katie and I always talk about being in it for the long haul. So you don't necessarily capitalize on that growth, but over years that growth compounds, especially if you keep reinvesting. So Katie, let's talk about dripping dividends and what that means. I know that's something that we've posted about before. If you haven't seen that post, check it out. There's some information in there, but this is something that Katie loves to do and is super (laughs) passionate about. So I want her to get into like her strategy here. Yeah. So usually people love to invest in dividend paying stocks because of the cash flow or the passive income that it generates. However, some people like myself choose to reinvest their dividends um, to purchase more shares of the company. And this is referred to or called dripping your dividends. So essentially what drips do is they help provide investors accumulate additional shares of a company at a lower cost. Since there are no commissions or broker fees attached to purchasing these initial shares. So to simply put it, essentially what you're doing is the money you're getting from your dividends, you're taking that money and you're reinvesting it back in the company by purchasing shares with your dividend money. And by doing that this way, you get to um, bypass all these additional costs that you you would initially get by just buying the shares outright with your cash. In order to drip your dividends, you have to opt in um, to drip them. And essentially, instead of the cash hitting your account and then you repurchasing those shares, it automatically repurchases shares for you. And it, it doesn't hit your account in cash. I personally love the dripping strategy because when I have a stock that I love and that I think is going to do well and that pays a good dividend and you know I've taken the time to research it and I'm comfortable investing a large sum of money in it, I, I want to keep dripping my dividends and by dripping your dividends, you take on more of like an average cost strategy because no matter what that stock price is at the time, when you receive your dividends, when they reinvest it, you're purchasing that stock at that price. So that that's one of the reasons why I love the dripping strategy. As the, I know this is a really technical episode. So one thing that Katie and I said that we were going to do is with our podcast, we started from the basics. So a lot of this is building on knowledge that you already know. If you're listening to this for the first time and you're like, what is going on? Go back to some of the earlier episodes and build your foundation there because we're talking about some more technical concepts and we need you to have a fairly um, basic understanding of, of how this stuff works so that we can get into the more 
technical details. And just to add in here, we also like to explain a lot of these concepts in our Instagram, through our Instagram posts and provide more educational content. So if you're stuck listening to this episode and you don't really understand some of the concepts we're talking about, just take a quick look at our Instagram, go through the last few posts, and I'm sure you'll catch up and be right up to speed. That actually leads me into my next point, Katie. So great segue there. The last one that we did this week was on compound interest, which is the eighth wonder of the world. And and the biggest rule of compounding is to never interrupt it unnecessarily. So compound interest is basically earning interest on your interest. So here's the thing. When you invest in something, if you continuously add money to your investment, the initial investment is growing, but every year as you add more to that investment, you're exponentially growing. So let's say you invest $5,000, okay? You've saved up $5,000, you finished school, and you want to invest it in your stock portfolio. You're, let's say you're 20 years old. Now, this is why starting early is so important because the more time you have, the larger your portfolio can grow. And I know it sounds like a no-brainer, but if, if you're looking for a sign to start investing, this is your sign, get started now because 30 years from now, you're going to thank yourself. Let's go back to the example. You have $5,000 to invest. You put that into your investing account. Now, if you add $420 from every paycheck, let's say you get paid biweekly. So that's $833 a month. Now, it sounds like a lot in the grand scheme of things, but listen to how it's going to help you out in the long term. You invest $5,000 a month initially into dividend-paying stocks that on average, let's say, grow 9% a year. So the S&P 500 has grown over the past five years at 13%. We're going to take 9% just to be conservative. After 30 years, if you keep contributing $420 from every paycheck, and this is assuming that your salary or your earnings are going to grow. So $420 right now might seem like a stretch, but in 10 years, maybe it's not. And then you can contribute more. You're not necessarily thinking about it in the same lens. $420 every paycheck, $5,000 initially. After 30 years, guess how much money you have? $1.479 million, just under $1.5 million. From being consistent, from giving yourself 30 years to invest that money. Now, the total interest is $1.175 million. So, A huge chunk of that is money that you didn't have to begin with. It's money that you made by putting it into this investment vehicle. And that's not even getting into the amount in dividends. If you invest in dividend paying stocks, the amount of dividends you're going to get every year on top of that. That is the cherry on top of this little ice cream sundae. So let's say your portfolio of dividend paying stocks, you put that $5,000 initial investment in every month, you contribute $830 into dividend paying stocks. Let's say your portfolio yields a 5% dividend on average across all of your positions. Annually, after that 30 years, you're going to be earning $73,950 in passive income every year. $73,000 in money that you get just as a thank you. So take this in. 
if you at that point after 30 years hopefully you you know you've paid off your property or you're not necessarily living the same lifestyle that you are right now that $73,000 is more than enough if you're not paying for living expenses to sustain your food, your lifestyle, your travel even, like you're literally making money when you sleep. And that's something that Warren Buffett loved to, to say when he was younger. If you don't find a way to earn money while you sleep, you will work until you die. And that's on top of the pension that you'll probably have. So at the end of your 30 years or however long, when you're ready to retire, you're laughing. You're bringing in easily a hundred K. And that's why people say like, you know, start when you're young. Cause let's say you're 20 and you're listening to this after 30 years, you're 50, you're not 65. You've, you've shaved down 15 years of free time. And like my parents just turned 50, they're thriving They're I mean, they're not retired. They're still working. But what I mean is when you're 50 compared to 65, the amount that you can actually do with your life is substantially more because you still have energy. You're, you're young in the sense, like 50 is the new 40 people say. <laughs> um, so you've, you've still got so much time to live and experience and actually enjoy your money. And I think I can say this um, from personal experience, watching my dad now who's retired and who has been a serious investor and having a long-term strategy approach and investing in a lot of dividend paying stocks, he's laughing right now because his dividends are essentially paying for his cost of living. So any money he gets on top of that from his pension or whatever is just play money to him at this point. Um, he can't go on vacations right now, but that'll fund his vacations. That'll fund, you know, helping his grandchildren, whatever he wants to do with that extra money. So it's great later on in life just to have that safety net, to feel comfortable, not having to worry about expenses. And I know it's really hard to picture, you know, the future right now and long-term and when we're 60 or 50, because we're only 20 right now. And it's, it's, it's hard to look that ahead in the future. But if you take a look at, you know, your parents or your grandparents, and you take a look at their financial situation right now, maybe that might help put things into perspective for you. And Katie and I always talk about living below your means. Like if you truly think about that $420 biweekly, think about the last time that you went shopping, right? Maybe you spent like 200 (laughs) bucks on bathing suits or, or $200 on, you know, whatever, like a a new article of clothing you don't really need. Or $700 at Zara. (laughs) Or $700 at Zara. Like if you were to take that money and reinvest it into yourself, you've got to kind of change your thinking a little bit because you're buying these stocks as something that's going to pay you exponentially later on in life. So it's kind of like the whole marshmallow and a marshmallow test that they did at Stanford 50 years ago. Katie, I don't know if you know about this, about like discipline where they give two kids um, marshmallows and and they run a test to see, you know, if you don't eat the marshmallow right now and you wait an hour, you're going to get two marshmallows or you can just eat the marshmallow. And so it's really, it is a test of discipline, right? Do you want to eat your one marshmallow now or do you want $1.5 million in 30 years? (laughs) And honestly, guys, now is the time to save money. You know, you're not going anywhere. You're not seeing people, unfortunately, or seeing as many people. You're not going to as many events or weddings. 
So stop wasting your money on, you know, Zara or buying a ridiculous number of bathing suits because right now you really don't need it. You really don't. You're not going swimming anyways, (laughs) (laughs) unless you have a pool, but yeah, no, right now is the perfect time during this craziness and this pandemic with this ninth stay at home order to really get your finances in check and put into perspective what's really important to you. And the kind of companies that pay dividends are, you know, like we said, established companies, but also another category of stocks that pays a dividend that we didn't really talk about are REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. So if you've been wanting to buy property, but you don't necessarily have the money to put down for a down payment, another way that you can buy real estate is through a REIT. And the average dividend yield for a REIT right now is about 4.3%. So you're buying basically what a REIT is, is it's a trust. So it's a a company that will invest in commercial or residential properties and they do it at scale. So they're investing in, you know, multiple hundreds uh, or maybe even thousands of properties and they're diversifying their portfolio because they're doing it in different areas and, and they're investing in different kinds of properties. So they're diversifying their investment compared to you going out and making a purchase and investing in real estate that might earn you 10% annually. And another great thing to keep in mind is you can also invest in tech companies that also pay dividends. So these companies take on more of a hybrid approach, meaning that they still are primarily focused on growth. However, they do pay a small dividend from like 1.5 to 3% to its shareholders. So some examples of this include Visa, Apple, Microsoft. So if you're not really into the whole, you know, uh, consumer product, blue chip stock type of companies, there are still some really good um, companies that focus also on growth that pay dividends as well. Let's, Let's talk about dividend dates and when they get paid out, because this is like a key component of how dividends work. So Katie, let's say you bought a stock, it pays a dividend how and what we talked about how they're going to pay you but when are they going to pay you when do you need to buy the stock for them to pay you that dividend yeah so there's one date that you should all be mindful of and that is the ex-dividend date so investors who purchase the stock before this ex-dividend date are entitled to the next dividend payment and people who tend to purchase after the ex-dividend date have to wait for the next subsequent dividend payment. So for example, let's say that the, let's say you purchase a stock before the ex-dividend date. That means you're entitled to that dividend for that quarter. But if you purchase after the ex-dividend date, even though it's before the dividend payout, you still have to wait until the dividends paid for the next quarter, or you have to wait till the next quarter in order for you to get paid that dividend. So basically make sure you're aware of the ex-dividend date and plan around it. Yes. Just because you were purchasing the stock before the dividend gets paid out does not mean you're going to be a part of that payout. You have to purchase before the ex-dividend date. And the thing with dividend paying stocks is a lot of the time, because they're fairly established companies, their stock price doesn't fluctuate drastically like tech stocks. So if you were planning to buy the dip 
for a lot of dividend paying stocks, yes, their their stock price fluctuates, but like I said, not drastically where it's jumping, you know, a hundred points. So you, you just want to be mindful of that ex dividend date. If you were trying to time it when you're, you've got a 30 year outlook, it's not something that you should necessarily be as concerned with. Whereas with tech stocks, you do want to be mindful of their fluctuations and you want a dollar cost average where you're investing in that stock bit by bit. So you're overall reducing the cost that you purchase it at. Now, I want to get into why you'd want to own a dividend paying stock and why this strategy is so great for DIY investors. We talked about it. I just want to make sure that you guys remember. So the first thing we talked about was inflation protection. The returns are high, but the last thing that we didn't get a chance to get into are some of the tax benefits. So dividends are extremely tax efficient because in Canada, we have something called the Canadian dividend tax credit. When it comes to taxes, your business income, your employment income, that's going to be taxed at marginal tax rates, capital gains. We've talked about that before. That's going to be taxed at 50%. And then we have dividends, which is going to be taxed at a gross up rate, gross up rate, which is, I think, around the 38% mark. And then you're going to be awarded a dividend tax credit. So all in all, dividends, how their tax is favorable compared to how everything else is taxed. So I would really recommend really thinking about investing in dividends for tax purposes, for passive income purposes, for just your goals long-term. The reason why is actually interesting. So companies that pay dividends already pay tax on the money. So dividends are taxed less when they're transferred to investors to avoid double taxation. And then it encourages investment in the economy and specifically in the Canadian economy, because we're talking about Canadian tax laws. But for the U.S., definitely look into how dividends are taxed. This is something that may be slightly different for you, depending on the region that you're in. So as a whole, dividends are incredible for those main three three main reasons that we talked about, but on the capital gains piece, Katie, what do you think about Biden's new capital gains tax that he's trying to implement? Like, Oh my God, it's complete bullshit. <laughs> it's complete. Like, I, I don't know where this guy is getting this from. Um, what was the rate? 60%? or 80 per, what, what was it there, there's different there's different rumors that are out there it's it's all speculation at this point it mm-hmm. hasn't been defined but biden and janet yellen right now are trying to propose a tax on a higher tax on capital gains yeah i just i don't know how that's going to be great for the economy because as soon as you raise tax rates so drastically, it's going to discourage people from wanting to invest in businesses and in American businesses. So um, I don't know if that's very smart on their end. And we actually posted about this. So we we posted how they proposed an 80% capital gains tax on crypto. And we asked people how they thought or what they thought about it. And the emojis that we got and just the responses were, were interesting. So I'm sure that a lot of people um, are feeling the same ways that we are and you know if you have different thoughts that's that's great too like let us know we love hearing different perspectives and that broadens our frame of reference but we actually had somebody reach out and say that the broader plan for the higher capital gains tax is starting at the greater than four hundred thousand dollars in income bracket and that's interesting. So we we had some banter and we we asked, okay, well, are you anticipating that you're going to be earning more than 400000 at any point? And this person did say yes. And they 
let us know that, you know, they, they think of taxes as an incredible way to invest back into the economy and the country that you're supporting. And a lot of that money is going to be used specifically in the U.S. towards infrastructure projects. And that's something that I had no idea about. So as somebody that works in that industry, um, this person happens to be a corporate lawyer who gets a lot of insight into how different organizations are structured and, and infrastructure projects, things like that. So um, definitely interesting to hear their perspective. If you have anything else to add to this conversation, hey, DM us, and then maybe we'll talk about it on our next episode. But to leave you guys with some thoughts, just think about how much you're taxed already. And then think about what your goal is with your investments, where you're getting that income from and how you're contributing to the economy. And think about how you feel about a proposed increase in capital gains tax. And let think us- about where our taxes go. <laughs> and let us know your thoughts. If you have any other thoughts on that, DM us, like I said, let us know. I think we're going to wrap it up here because we've talked about dividends at length. So now you know how to make a passive income with dividend paying stocks. If you want to earn $50,000 a year passively while you sleep, you need to have a portfolio that is at least a million dollars worth and the dividend yield on average should be 5%. So if you want to make- That's attainable, as we mentioned before, guys. Fully attainable. attainable. Yeah. Fully attainable. When we were breaking out our calculations, we said if you have an initial investment of $5,000 and you contribute $420 every paycheck over 30 years, you have $1.5, just under $1.5 million by the time you're 50. Let's say you started when you were 20, which is wild. So not only do you have a portfolio that's valued just under $1.5 million, you're also getting paid $73,000 in the example that we used in passive income. Making money while you sleep. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here to teach you. How to invest in real estate, how to invest in the stock market, and how to build your business. All three are great ways to build wealth. And that's what we're here to teach you. So thank you so much for listening, guys. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.